Hello, and welcome to another episode of This is the Greatest Song I've Ever Heard in My Entire Life, a podcast about the music we love and why we love it. I'm Scott Interante, and join me, as always, Catherine Moore. Catherine, how's it going? Good, Scott. It is Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's, Palentine's, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> whatever whatever it is. It is it is Valentine's Day, and I'm so excited that we have a guest to talk about breakup songs yeah. <laughs> on the and episode like, today. A pretty cool lead singer of a band, too. I posted a quick reel from them, yeah. and my friend texted me and was like, did you post that? Do you know the beaches? Like, I'm going to see them this month. I was like, cool. Like, they're our next guest for our podcast. So it was like a very full I was, I think this is when we were already starting to book Jordan for this episode, but when I saw Gatlin a couple months ago at Baby's All Right, during the pre-show, everyone was kind of like standing, hanging around. Blame Brett came on and everyone started singing. It was like like, the whole audience turned on. We are definitely booking Jordan on the podcast to talk about this. Yeah, it was a moment. Yeah, the Beaches are such cool band. Jordan was such a fun guest and it's just a really fun episode. Yeah. But before we get to the interview with Jordan, um, what have you been listening to? We, I feel like we haven't caught up in a while because last episode we were talking about the Grammys and the Oscars. So I don't even know. what. How's your Rolling Stone journey going? Like, what are Rolling you doing? Rolling Stone journey's on pause. First of all, though, okay. Grammys were so cool. Like, ignoring the whatever for now, the album of the year. Yeah, the, the winners, the winners don't matter. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the performances were incredible. Okay. First of all. Tracy Chapman and Luke Combs and Tracy Chapman finally, I feel, getting a little bit of what she's due for this amazing song, A Fast Car. Luke Combs giving her her moment for it. I just thought it was amazing. And then the Miley performance as well just kind of goes down in history. It's just like such a fun performance. And it was it was great. The Billy performance, all of them. I just loved it. What did you think of the Grammys? Yeah, I thought the production was really good. Trevor Noah is great at this yeah like, I, question like, mark yeah <laughs> like, like i think he is he's really good at yeah uh, it just yeah it went so smoothly it was a lot of fun cool to see Joni. you know uh, yeah okay well i do need to talk about what i've been listening to really quick because yes okay first of all all the pop girlies are releasing singles we got new casey muskets we got new maggie rogers we got new madison beer We've got Waxahachie. Those, she's not a pop curly, but still, we have so many new albums this year, which is really exciting. My obsession is a little bit old. I'm mm. late to the party, but I heard End of Beginning by Joe, DJO, Joe, for the first time. Right. I literally can't stop listening. I just keep looking at my last.fm scrabbles and it just keeps going up and up and up. It's probably like 50-ish by now. And I only like discovered it a week ago. And it is such a good song. I just never want to stop listening to it. It just builds in this incredible way. It reminds me of listening to like some of my favorite indie-ish bands back in like 2012, 2013, where it just feels like instruments are back, baby. Like it just feels very like authentic in that way. So if you haven't listened to Joe yet, which is by the way, Joe Curie's music project, he's an actor, he's in Stranger Things and Fargo and stuff. I highly recommend it's just, it's a very like fun, but also passionate Chicago centric, um, that song is, and it's really good. So yeah. Very cool. That's uh, been on my on my rotations. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I'll just add to the girlies. Uh, the Michelle has a new EP, our favorite. Oh yes, yeah. Michelle's yeah, great. Um, Michelle. There's the new Brittany Howard album. Yep. And a new Girl in Red song, Girl in Red Rules. Like, yeah. I was just walking through Times Square to come home today, 
which sucks. But um, <laughs> but uh, but there was this giant billboard of girl in red, and I was like, Are, "Is she at that level?" I really? guess. That's rad. That's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She was like really early pandemic. Everyone was getting into her. And so I feel like finally when she's doing her next album, it's become a thing. So her new single, uh, Too Much, I really have been digging. Yeah, Girl and Red's awesome. Cool. Let's talk about what our listeners have been listening to. Yes, please. Because every Friday we ask, what is your favorite song of the week after we post ours? And we have some really cool responses. Can I just shout out real quick before you read some of those? I thought it was so cute. One of our uh, recent posts was a song by Katie Kirby from her new album. And Katie Kirby's mom liked the post on Instagram. And I thought that was very sweet. Come on the pod, Katie Kirby's mom. Yeah, yeah. Katie Kirby and or her mother. (laughs) Yes. Okay, so uh, Rich suggested Juliet Ivy, We're All Eating Each Other, mm. and that is a great song. Juliet Ivy is definitely an up-and-coming kind of singer-songwriter, definitely pop, and I put her on the playlist, my Galentine's playlist, that I'll talk about a little bit later. Nice. We have Anthony recommending again, Wish You Were Dead by Lola Young. I love that he's recommended this like maybe a couple weeks now because, you know, some of the songs, they just stick with you and that one's so good i i always have to listen to it a couple times when he suggests that nice bella suggested brando by lucy dacus we love a lucy dacus rap that song is so good that's that i think that's my favorite lucy song too yeah and then um stan this week recommended virgo by Michelle Negocello from the Omnicord Real Book album. And that was like a really cool pick I wouldn't have listened to otherwise. So appreciate that from Stan. Um, and yeah, those are the major picks. Oh, Jerome suggested Bonjour by Chat Royale. And nice. that was another good metal song, as is his <laughs> usual. So yeah. that's fun. That's that's awesome. Thank you so much to everyone who participates on those every week. It's like really cool that we have this little community of people sharing songs. Uh, so if you want to join that little community, follow us on Instagram and uh, let us know every Friday what you've been listening to. All right. But Catherine, I think it is time we get to our interview with Jordan Miller from The Beaches, their new album, Blame My Ex, with the hit single, Blame Brett. Uh, they're on tour now. Here's Jordan of The Beaches. All right. Well, Jordan, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, This is such a a fun idea. I love talking about important music. And (laughs) I could talk about this song forever. I literally have. I have... I have bored my band to death with it. They have heard too much about this song. (laughs) I just discovered this song this year, and it was my number one song played on my Apple Replay thing. So I I think I found it like three months ago, and I played it 77 times this year. (laughs) That's amazing. Okay, so I do want to get into all of that. But first, I just want to like learn a little bit more about you and your background and, and your music. When... 
do you remember first hearing a piece of music that made you like totally fall in love? Uh, with okay, so this is another funny story. I just talked about this um, with Mark Coppice actually when I was doing his oh. podcast, which Whoa. was very cool. Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we he asked us to bring us some songs that were really integral to like um, sort of our foundations, like what got us into music. And I have a very specific song. It's a little bit of a cringe, guys. Sorry about that. I would just really, I have this really distinct memory of me being in a bathtub listening to Picture by Sheryl Crow and Kid Rock. No, <laughs> so, that, song that is rules. a great song. Yeah, it's such a good yeah. song. I was like really into princesses. So I listened, like I would sing like Ariel and like, and Part of Your World and all that stuff. But so did everybody. But what that song did was make me want to learn how to play guitar and sing. Wow. And so my parents, they got me a guitar for my birthday that year. And I went, took my first guitar lesson. And my sister joined about a year later. I guess I have Kid Rock and Sheryl Crow to thank for getting me into music. <laughs> and, you know, my sister got into music because... She was sort of forced to do everything I did at the time. Um, <laughs> so the features really is founded on <laughs> Picture by Kid Rock and Sheryl Crow. At least half of us are. Wow. Well, I'm curious too, because uh, at some point you switch over to playing bass, which I think is so cool that you're the lead singer and you play bass. I'm a bass player as well. Um, it's for unicorns, right? All of the bass player <laughs> exactly. lead singers. Yeah, it's you mm -hmm. and Paul McCartney. Yeah, basically and Sting. Very cool. yeah. <laughs> I'm in good company. Yeah, I'm in good exactly. company. I so, yeah. so I sort of switched over because my sister was... I, we, I was really competitive. Or I am very competitive. And my sister quickly, like, sort of surpassed me like with her ability like she's just a phenomenal player and she was so much more natural with the guitar whereas like I've really struggled with it so I sort of was like well fuck it I guess I'm gonna play bass then <laughs> because Kylie's so much better at me than this and I can't be like second best at something so I switched to bass and I just found it a lot easier because like I always wanted to sing and so I found it a lot easier to play mm -hmm. bass and sing I've heard it's yeah. the opposite for most people, but I find it trickier. When did you start writing songs yourself? So we were both lazy too, me and my sister. And um, rather than learning how to like play a B minor on a guitar, I was like, well, can we just like write a song? <laughs> Doesn't have it. <laughs> so, and then we just started really liking it. I, th I think the first song we ever wrote is available somewhere on the internet it's called sisters it's we're sisters we're family Aww. live together friends forever it's guaranteed so cute Aww. so cute <laughs> right so cute so cute and um it's, i think it's actually kylie who's singing that one she used to be the lead singer back in the day yeah which is wow. interesting mm -hmm. so you have like a like a family sister dynamic obviously do you remember growing up and like sharing music you liked, music taste, or how did that kind of develop from when you were younger? There's like specific music memories that I remember. And they all are either tied to like dinner parties because my parents would have like a lot of dinner parties. They worked in advertising. So I would kind of listen to what they listened to with all their friends, like from the banister upstairs. And it was a lot of 80s and new wave. I've always really loved like Tears for Fears, and um, Depeche Mode, like a lot of those bands like I would hear growing up. And then in the car, we would either listen to like the Shrek 2 soundtrack or 
Carlos Santana. Like my dad is a big Carlos Santana fan. That was, I think, something my sister really liked too because she was really into guitar. It's so interesting like because I've never not been doing music with my family. Like other than that one year that I was a guitar player, like the, everything else I've done, like in terms of writing, being in a band, being a professional musician, like my sister's always been, we've always done it together. So it's really difficult to like know what it would be like without her like or like how, how to compare my experience to not playing with a sibling yeah you know it's interesting that's cool mm-hmm. do you find that your taste is very similar or you know do you have some some things that you really like that she doesn't oh we're absolutely opposite like my sister loves like singer songwriters like loves pop music my sister's a big like loves Troy Sivan um, she also really likes country, which I like, and especially mm-hmm. like new new country, which isn't really my taste. I think my my taste is a little bit more eclectic. Like, I like opera. I like right now. I've been listening to Frank Sinatra a lot, which is really random. Okay, I love nice. like. 1960s Bollywood music right now I've been listening to a lot of that like just sort of kind of strange and all over the place the one thing that me and Kylie share is that like kind of across the board like if we love a song we're much more obsessed with songs rather than artists like I think there's a lot of people Mm -hmm. that will like become obsessed with like Taylor Swift and like love all of her music but like I have like certain songs that she writes that mean more to me than like the individual that wrote them sure and I think my sister is the same way it's just that there's more consistency with the songs that she likes whereas like mine sometimes I don't know why I like it yeah what is that thing that drives you to songs do they have to be catchy do they have to have good lyrics I think like the big thing for me is like I'm a very visual person so when when I hear music I can close my eyes like regardless of like what the music is like a song that really will move me will have like a cinematic feel to it. I don't know if it, it'll it be the music or the melody or the lyrics or the combination, but it will just make me feel a lot. But that's what okay. music does. So <laughs> that's probably... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think the visual element is really interesting too. And we'll get into talking about the yeah. song you picked in a few minutes. But like that also, there is a big like cinematic value to that. How do you bring that into the music that you write and you perform with a band? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so I very rarely will come into, and I like sometimes I'll have a concept in mind, but most of the time I'll start by listening to like a piece of music that either a bandmate has written or a co-writer has written, and I'll close my eyes. I'll take the images that I see and then from that craft like a verse or something and then from that verse figure out what the theme of the song is but it like usually I'll just sort of turn the images that I see in my head into lyrics specifically it's a lot more obvious in songs like Highway 6 or Orpheus where it's just a lot of like visual descriptions of things like that's kind of like Mm -hmm. me getting to write my favorite way which is like with all just like descriptions like there's not really it doesn't really make sense but that's kind of my favorite, like when I get to be the craziest and wackiest, like I like to do that. And sometimes like other writers in my band kind of have to rein me in a little bit because they're like, Jordan, this isn't like beat poetry. Like This is a pop song. This has to make sense to people. <laughs> yeah, but it's that push and pull of the visual aspect of it and then whatever else other folks are feeling about that too and pulling that in. Well, yeah, I just want to hear a little bit more about 
the most recent album you guys put out, Play My Ex. Yeah. How has that been? I know you are all on tour right now. I can't even get tickets. It's all sold out in New York. <laughs> what has it been like? It's been crazy, you know. Um, so for context, I don't know uh, if your listeners know about me, but I was in a relationship with another musician and we broke up about year and a half ago, like while I was writing this record. And also the record came out of like a pretty difficult time for us as a band. We'd been dropped by our label. We'd fired our managers mm -hmm. and recently rehired a new manager. And basically we're kind of getting information from our agents that like this record was going to be the thing that either made us or broke us. Like if this record wasn't going to break us in the States or internationally, then he wasn't sure like how much more momentum our our band would have. So it was like a lot of stakes, a lot of pressure. And then on top of that, I had like my heart broken for the first time. It was my first ever relationship. You know, I <laughs> Brett's a real person too and was definitely like also really hurt yeah. <laughs> by everything. Yeah, he's a real guy. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I kind we kind of as a band were like, all right, well, like let's just make a record that we would listen to that we would really love. And that's why you hear a lot of like the 80s references. And I was so, so sad, so depressed, so heartbroken that the only thing I could do was write about what I was going through. And I really just pushed myself to be honest about how I was feeling. Like there are some songs, like What Doesn't Kill You Makes You Paranoid on the record is really about me dealing with like social anxiety for the first time after a breakup. Cause I would like go out and get drunk and not really know like how to handle myself at parties, being a new single person. And like, do I flirt with men and women? Like, uh, am I being a little bit much like crying at these parties? Like, <laughs> Then there's other songs like Me and Me where I'm really starting to like find my footing being alone by myself and really like experiencing like some of the pleasures that being alone and being single can afford you. And then there's of course Blame Brett where I, you know, sort of a joke song where I'm apologizing to my future partners that I'm going to be shitty to them because I'm not over my ex yet. Yeah. We just sort of put it all on the line. And when we finished the writing process, we were all just so thrilled because we finally had made like a record that was truly ours, that we had made every decision, like all the art directing decisions. We paid for it ourselves off of like money that we had made playing shows and stuff. But it was also just a really freeing experience because we we're like, well, whatever. There are a lot of stakes that are attached to this, but we can also control every part of this process. So, you know, we got to have a lot of fun as well, yeah. making it. And then obviously when Blaine Brett kind of went viral on TikTok, we were just like, I feel embarrassed admitting this, but like we knew that it was going to do well, but we didn't know it was going to do like that well. And it was just yeah, thrilling. Totally. And there's just been, you know, having everybody like say it's like the breakup record of the summer and having people like some of our idols reach out to us and want to talk to us about this. There's been just so, so many pinch me moments this entire year. And it's, even more exciting because like it did come from like a very devastating experience. So it really, it does feel like turning like lemons into lemonade, sorry to be like basic and to use that metaphor, but it does really no, feel great. great. Yeah, especially with the stakes being yeah. so high, not only were you coming off a personal moment, but professional one as well, that's really tough. Yeah, yeah, but I am so proud of the work we did and I'm so proud of the record. I really, it's like the, the highlight of my life so far is this record. Like, um, I, I'm so proud. I can die now. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I mean, please don't. No, 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 great. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of songs about not being over your ex, yes. Jordan, 
what is the song that makes you scream? This is the greatest song I've ever heard in my entire life. Silver Springs by Fleetwood Mac. It is my favorite song of all time. I am so excited to talk about it. Get right into it. <laughs> and this, you, you seem to have a lot to say. I have so, so much to say. Um, I'd always loved Fleetwood Mac and admired them, but I'd never really like listened to them again. Like I'm a song person. I don't really necessarily like getting to listening to, to artists, like especially if there's not a song that really has moved me before. So I didn't know that this song really existed until... <laughs> Two or three months ago, when my social media tech, Meg Moon, who she does all of her TikToks for us, she had me just like lip sync to the last part of the chorus. And I was like, oh, this song's great. Like, what is this? She's like, this is Silver Springs by Fleetwood Mac. It's a very famous song. You've never heard this? I'm like, no. And, and then I looked it up and I'm like, this is on Rumors? Like, I don't remember this being on Rumors. And then Meg showed me the infamous video of Stevie Nicks singing it mm -hmm. to Lindsay Buckingham, like looking at him dead <laughs> in the eyes, saying it to him, not, right. not breaking eye contact. I believe it's the yeah. 91 live version. She's got the straight hair because she's in her straight hair Stevie Nicks days. I love that era. Yeah. <laughs> and then I listened to podcasts about this song that like it didn't make the original cut right. and that like Stevie Nicks was so devastated by that because two of Lindsay Buckingham's songs made the record and only I think one of hers did, which is just so sad. And also like I just have been listening to it whenever I miss my ex Brett. Like I just like I feel like I'll hug my pillow and cry and listen to this song and feel like she's hugging me back. It's just so comforting. Yeah. There's like a pretty low moment for me this year when I was in LA and he was in LA um, and his band was playing and I was like, oh man, I want to go so bad, but I know it's like going to be such a bad idea for me to show up. And also like, he'll probably yeah. hate me for like showing up and then like, making, you know, everyone say blame Brett during his show. Like, but all I could do is, <laughs> all I could do was like sit in the back of my car and hold my headrest and listen to this song and cry. <laughs> it was so pathetic, but like, it, no, did get me, it did get me through it. Like I didn't go to the show and I like Stevie helped me. Like that's what like music is at its most powerful is just like helping you like get through life and understand life. And I think what I really loved about the song and what like I'm not sure I was even capable of doing with my record is that she's just, she's not saying he's a villain. Like, yeah, there's like a cheating implication in the song, but it's more about like our relationship meant something and it means something to me still. Mm -hmm. And no matter what happens, like you'll never get away from the sound of the woman that loves you. Like I'm here and this song is a record of my feelings. And regardless of like whether you're a good or bad guy, like these feelings are valid and they're here and they're resonating and they're like never gonna go away. It's just so powerful. I fucking love this song so much. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, your song went viral on TikTok too. I think the trend around this one of like, well, the one I can think of is like, whenever you hear Taylor Swift, you're gonna think of me or like whatever. Yeah. It's like, that's the trend of like, you'll never get away from the song. The woman, <laughs> the woman that loves you. you. Yeah, I think yeah. it's a cool trend too. Cause then you're remembering those things that are like, this is the thing. Yeah, and it was so, it was so like, we use that trend. That's how I discovered the song. Thank you, TikTok, actually, for <laughs> helping me discover <laughs> right, my favorite things. song. Thank you, yeah. TikTok, again. Um, 
But yeah, I think I had used it and said like, when you write um, a hit record about your ex or something, and now he can never forget about you. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. <laughs> and then I shared it. And I think it got like 1 million streams. <laughs> so thank you, TikTok. Thank yeah. you, Stevie. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. what's so crazy is like, they're on another level. They are in the same band, you know? <laughs> like, crazy. they're recording this song. He's singing the vocals along in the chorus, yeah. the harmonies, you know. They're performing it on stage together. It's nuts. It's so nuts. Like, the whole, ex- like, I listened to a podcast about, like, the making of that record. And, like, they're all singing back up on each other's breakup songs about each other. And, like, yeah. <laughs> like, Stevie has to sing on You Can Go Your Own Way. <laughs> like, just this happy chipper song about him being, like, so much better off. Do you think the Beaches would ever cover this song? Oh, yes. I really wanted to. We had to do an acoustic cover for a Belgian radio station, and I was trying to get this one, but they wanted a song that had gone to number one on their radio station, and I guess mm. Silver Springs mm. hadn't, but there's still time. It's like kind of become because of the TikTok trend, like people are discovering it. Totally. Oh, and I totally just love like that even though it didn't make the initial record, like the song was so good that like they couldn't like it survived somehow. Like they played it live at a couple of yeah. shows and people were like, what the fuck is this song? Why isn't this yeah, song on Yeah, you it? need to release this one. Yeah. I think the only reason it didn't make the original record is because it physically wouldn't fit. Like it was too long. And so they would have had to cut two other mm-hmm. songs to make it actually fit on the record. And she said that even cutting it down to like this length was so hard for her. Like she was like, yeah. it was like killing my children cutting this song <laughs> down to <laughs> seven minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also want to say like, I sort of waver on whether like the original 70s version is better than the live one. I personally listen to both of them, but it's sort of like for different moods. I'll listen to the song every day, but like switch up which version I listen to. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Well, Jordan, thank you so much for talking to us about this song and all of your music and and so many other things. If people want to find you online and, and listen to The Beaches, where should they go? Yeah, they should follow The Beaches Band uh at the beaches band on instagram and on tiktok um we're some funny girls i know i've spoken mostly about like my breakup and pain and stuff but like um (laughs) we're like just four fun girls who um get to do what we love and get to to do what we love together and if you like breakup albums like we have a pretty good one but also like some great queer songs on it and uh we've got it all we've got everything (laughs) yeah yeah i really love the album I think that was like one of the reasons that we were really excited to have you on the podcast too. Is Thank you. It's a great album. We love it. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much for having me. This has been a real treat. Yeah. And uh, hopefully we'll talk more soon. Absolutely. All right, Catherine, Fleetwood Mac, what do you think? Stevie Nicks, my gosh. Oh, it's just an iconic performance. It just goes down in history of, especially the live performance that Jordan mentioned of Stevie staring in the eyes (laughs) of her bandmate. And just, it's just so good. Um, I love Fleetwood Mac. It's a classic for a reason. 
I love that Jordan didn't really know about it until recently and just all of a sudden developed this huge love for this song. Yeah, I mean, that's what's so great about music is that when a song is great, it doesn't matter what it sounds like, how it's produced, it can cut through to like anyone at any time. You know, like she was talking about like the studio version's great, the live version's great, you could play it on a piano, it's great. It's just there's something about this song that uh, is so relatable to so many people that it resonates no matter where you are. So great song. Yeah. Speaking of great songs, because it is Valentine's Day, I every year make a playlist for Galentine's Day, which is technically the day before Valentine's Day, but it's more generally just a nice it's a state of love mind. slash no. self-empowerment themed playlist. So we'll put the link in our bio and in our stories at some point. Uh, if you're interested in that, it's a nice tradition that I love sharing with my friends and with all of you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Catherine, for doing that and for doing the show with me. Yeah. I want to give a special shout out also to Roger for podcast art, to Izzy with help with mixing, and to Skylar Spence, whose song Kratos in Love is our theme music. But the biggest thanks of all is to you, the listener, for listening. If you want to follow the show, follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, slash X at GreatSongPod, GR number 8 song pod. You can also email us at greatsongpod at gmail.com, gr number eight, songpod at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. We love to interact with you. And uh, if you feel inspired, leave us a rating or review. We are also now on YouTube. So look us up there. YouTube. We love you. And uh, thanks for listening. Thanks so much. And we'll talk to you next time. Okay, cool.